Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. We're all a little somber here, aren't we, Phil, mate? How are you getting on? We, we are. Um, yeah, I was just saying um, it's it's a lot to process. and It's quite exhausting. I was at the match yesterday, obviously, Monday night. Went on quite late, given there was like an extra half an hour played with VAR or whatever. Um, what time to you get home? So, yeah, I've got home about midnight, I think. That's, that's not good for a Monday, that is it? It's not good for a Monday, that. Uh, it's not not start start off on the wrong foot, isn't it? This I tell you uh, what, defeat as well. This week now is going to feel like about a month. <laughs> I always find that. I don't know about you, but I always find if I if I do something on a Monday, the rest of the weeks are right off. Maybe I'm just old and decrepit now, but you know, that's how I often feel, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and the fact that we've got a long week of having to trawl through a lot of the fallout from this, uh, the commentary on it, the response to it, um, eagerly awaiting news on how long Vicky, Mickey, Vicky, Christ, Mickey van der Ven is going to be out for. Um, <laughs> Vicky van der Men. Vicky man. <laughs> sounds like uh, sounds like a sort of gammony insult, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Might have to start playing her now now because now her brother, uh, yeah. cousin or whatever, is out for forever. Let's just stop um, digging. Let's stop digging. Yeah, Christ. <laughs> um, <laughs> well. <laughs> Where 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 do we begin? Let's 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 start on on. I was about, I was about to say Vicky again. Then let's start on Mickey, because um, there is, like we say, there is a lot to unpack from yesterday. I haven't really got a running order in place because I feel much like the game yesterday. Everyone's heads are still a bit all over the place. It's still very fresh for me. I, I mean, losing to Chelsea number one is horrible. It's a it's a disgusting, despicable thing. I didn't want to hear it when people were doing the whole "you're not proper Tottenham" if you don't realise that we're going to lose this one. I thought nah, nah, this Chelsea curse it's not going to span to this one, but it did. We lost four one. Disgusting, despicable result. Didn't feel like a four one, so I think that's mitigating. The main thing from yesterday is the fact that Mickey van der Ven pulled up in pretty horrible um, a fashion. And from, mm. you know, having watched 20 odd years of football now, you can generally tell when it's a bad one or not. It looked like a bad one. It looked like a hamstring tear or something. We will obviously wait for the prognosis from the people who are qualified to give that. 
it's a bit of a cloud over things right now though isn't it it definitely is yeah and i think i think that's why um you know the result is the result losing to chelsea all, all that kind of thing but I, th- I think we're sort of old enough and ugly enough to kind of not get too despondent over losing a football match god knows we've had enough um uh practice in dealing with it so that that's one thing but i think that the, the real sort of as you say the dark cloud is is the injuries and certainly to mickey um it's it it really has kind of it's a massive jolt isn't it i kind of said that this morning kind of going from oh you know well we're actually the league's actually opened up for us you know it's been a good weekend and get a result here and it it kind of you know walls aren't looking great and suddenly villa aren't either city i know that they're kind of on a massive you know a massive club but we're kind of a weird bogey team all that sort of thing suddenly it's it's like a it's just massive whiplashes and it's a kind of suddenly be like ah now now things have really gone down the shitter and you know that's not it's not because of losing to chelsea or losing a football match but it's suddenly we're in a very very difficult position now for the next few months right i mean it's pretty much everything that's been going right for spurs freakishly right for spurs just got undone in one game we're talking romero completely losing his ass and if if there is yeah. one thing that i am annoyed about from yesterday it's him it is him um because he completely lost his ass is two red cards he got really. Whether or not the the first one was petulant, it wasn't particularly malicious. He's kicked a player off the ball. He knows what he's risking. In an age of VAR, in an age of every yeah. single incident on a football pitch being microanalyzed by several different camera angles. What a fucking idiot to go and do that. When you just think he's ironed that out of his game. To go and do that is preposterous. We will talk about that more. But you know, Madison going off injured, Mickey van der Ven going off injured. The <laughs> the fact that this high line that we've lauded, and I know we only had nine men, but still the high line that we've lauded, this aggressive attacking football from uh, Ange Postacoglu that was all going so well, just, you know, we got picked apart in that second half. And it is, look, you know, one of the things I'm very torn on, mate, there is, um, I did leave that game feeling very proud of the team. I thought the spirit they showed in that second half, and this is what I was rabbiting on about in the in the post-match pod, is that the spirit we showed in that second half was great. And that's what Ange Postacoglu has changed about this team, this side from the past few years, right? What he's had to plug into that is some exceptional footballers as well. Van der Ven, you know, uh, rejuvenated Romero who seemingly had all that stuff out of his system James Madison Destiny Adoggi and with those players missing we got thumped but the spirit was still there at least however we got thumped (laughs) we still lost 4-1 and yes we had nine men but I mean that Jackson ladder got a hat-trick terrible player like real whiffy baller and we've given him we've given him a hat-trick it's just it's it's Chelsea, you know. It's so irritating. Mm, mm. I can't really even clearly formulate any sort of point or any kind of question to you. Do you know what I mean? So please feel free to jump in and say whatever whenever you want, mate. Because I'm I am just on the fly trying to sort of come to terms with what we saw. And I, do you know what I find that I, I've actually found that the more I've <laughs> I've sort of been dwelling on it, 
I've gotten more annoyed about the game yesterday than yesterday when I was actually quite, you know, is sanguine? Is that the word? Like, yeah, I used that word earlier, didn't I? I don't know if that's the right word, but I think it's that kind of it's sort of like a, a like calm, I guess, as a as a as a synonym. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that you're right. There's there's so many moving parts to this, isn't there? That it's so hard to kind of like walk a path through it. I mean, I guess you know from the top, we we started really well. I thought we we were brilliant, if if anything, and it looked like it was going to just be a, almost a formality, especially when we got the second. Obviously, it was ruled out pretty quickly, pretty harshly. But you know, whatever offside, I don't think it's going to do anyone any good to start bemoaning any VAR decisions because I think largely they were they were correct. I mean, you know, some seventy thirties going against us, but you know, I don't think I don't I don't think it's becoming of us to kind of sit here and complain like we've seen. Arsenal and Liverpool do let let's kind of retain a bit of um, pride. I think that that's certainly how I'm kind of approaching it. Um, and it all just kind of fell apart, didn't it? That the, in the game, and I think I obviously you can point to like um, Romero doing what he did and getting sent off. And by the way, as I said, I was at the game, so I didn't really have a good concept of or idea of what what he did. Certainly in the first instance, where he, as you say, he lashed out at Colwell, didn't have a view of that at all. Um, didn't really have a view of what he did in the in the penalty area either until kind of seeing a, a quick uh, clip of it at half time. But I think that there was a very strange moment in the first half. I think it was between our first and our ruled out second where Porro had found himself kind of drifting over to the left and he did this really bizarre, like, tried to do a long ball and he just completely fluffed it and played them in. And to my mind... We were absolutely in control before that point, and after that point, it just seemed to rattle us, and we never really got our, got our footing after it, you know. And then loads of kind of little mistakes were being made. Um, Adogi getting the the yellow obviously didn't help either, and then we just kind of fought, fell to pieces, didn't we? We can't we lo- we lost our heads, and I think that's the really kind of most um, difficult thing to deal with. That it, we just it was just it was just really dumb. We, we, we had it and as you say you can point to Romero about kind of being a, a massive architect of that and you're right um, but we had it we, we, you know we, we, we really were just our own worst enemy there and that that's really um, difficult to kind of stomach you know that that is that was the first half we, we, as I say we, we, we started our own downfall um, there I thought we played really obviously bravely in the second half of that high line again watching it I was I was um, down the end of our of Vicario, so literally just kind of looking down at him and at the, the amount of space, and it looked it looked terrifying. I have to say initially, um, that we kind of started de- dealing with it, didn't we? I mean, an, another team, I think any other team probably other than Chelsea, because Chelsea are so so bad, and I don't think I realised how bad they were until I kind of watched them, um, watched them in the flesh. Um, but yeah, that that high line. I mean, what was the other what was the other um, possibility? Certainly, going down to nine men, we could have all encamped in our penalty area like um, Liverpool did. We probably would have conceded way more chances to Chelsea had we done that. It and Liverpool still Chelsea. lost, right? We might have conceded yeah, more, exactly. but Liverpool still lost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so playing the high line, I think I think it was a it was a. Um, a, a test for us you know I, I think Postacoglu looked at it like well let's just let's just try this 
and you know, look, on the face of it, we had good chances. If we if we'd have dropped off, we would have had zero chances in the second half. Right? Mm-hmm. There's no way we would have been able to get out the pitch with nine men. We barely managed to get up the up the pitch when we were playing on the halfway line. Um, so you know, again, I'm not gonna kind of. Um, bemoan the fact that we were naive or whatever because I think this is the point isn't it and, and um, Ange has spoken about this in um, I think it was when he was at Yokohama when he said that he knew that he had them when they were 3-0 down and still playing the way he wanted them to play you know the brave let's say the high line way that could be our that could be the, the moment for us when we were down to nine men drawing the game and we were still trying and the players were still trying they weren't you know, taking it upon themselves to drop back. They were listening to the manager. Didn't work out yesterday, obviously, in the end. But, and again, I'm not, I don't think it's too raw. And I don't think I'm really ready to kind of start looking at silver linings here. But just for the argument's sake, we could look back on this moment as that was the time that it really bedded in and that the, the successful, the success that Poster Cogley brought really kind of built its foundation you know this is where we were forged in the fire of it again i'm not ready to kind of appreciate that as a possibility because you know that's that that requires hindsight we don't have that at the moment and we are at the moment in a really sticky situation but yeah a weird one and uh, you know on in a broader sense as well i have to say like being there um I, i i'm sure i have a completely different experience to the game that people who watched it on tv did and I'd say I'd ha- I have a, a lesser experience of it because I stood there, like most people, not knowing w- what was going on. Initially, the amount of, you know, VAR calls, it was funny. Then it became a farce. Then I got into a point, and it was after Eric Dyer had scored, even as late as that. And, you know, and that's a positive moment for us where they're checking it. I started to not feel anything, which is a really worrying thing for me because it, you know, we, we took VAR has been often often covered subject, but for me, just being in that scenario where that, I think you know that was probably a match where it had the most VAR stoppages or certainly the longest or something, right? So I think it was think quite it was a 13. unique experience. It I yeah, it quite a unique stops. experience in yeah. itself. But certainly for me, I was just like, and not in a I'm throwing my toys out of the pram sort of way, but just as a. Like I do something else. That was kind no, of my it's just a kind of listless feeling, isn't it? I think yeah, even, yeah. And, even and it watching is, it yeah. on the telly, mate. Like even watching it on the telly, you're you, you don't really know what's going on, and you you do you lose the thread of a game. You lose yeah, almost yeah, a sort yeah. of interest in it, really. And and again, it was it wasn't sort of a a, a, a spiteful reaction for me. It was no. just like oh, this is just not really that that good anymore. You know, because football there was no is all tension like, in it. To give it a sort of like a crass analogy, it's kind of edging, isn't it, football? You know, you're yeah. getting closer and closer to that point of those emotional releases, whether it's a goal or whether it's bemoaning a foul or something like that. And that's all built upon this, I guess, this careful balance of momentum, the to and fro between you and the opposition mm. team. When everyone's yeah. standing around for ages and ages, and you know, we're talking four or five minutes at a time for some of these instances, how do we know that that hasn't contributed to like a hamstring injury for someone like Mickey van der Ven. I know it sounds preposterous, but you know, it's a no, cold I don't evening. think it is preposterous. I don't uh, think it is preposterous at all. I think that there's, um, you see it, don't you? You see it when someone goes down injured, like a head injury or something, you know, really serious. Players do have to keep warming up, especially on a, on a cold night. So constant stoppages like that 
I'm, I'm sure it does does contribute, and that's not to say you know oh the world's against us. You know, typical. I, I no, think it's course, just a fact of a fact of what the what the game is now. Stopping and starting it doesn't it doesn't mesh well with what football is supposed to be. Football is supposed to be quick. It's supposed to be fleeting. It's not supposed to be kind of dragged out in this in this sense. It's not the way the the sport works. Um, so yes, yeah, so, so again, so, so that that's why I'm kind of having having problems with processes in it because there was I, I kind of I, I, all the emotion of it kind of went out for me. Yeah, you know, it was great that w- what we were doing it was really funny and whatever when Chelsea kept missing chances and as you say, Jackson, God, he's an awful, awful footballer. I don't care that he's got whiffy whiffy baller doesn't doesn't he? count. Awful, awful player. Good lord, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Um, <laughs> You know, but it's real like Vicario it's real like Janssen level, isn't it? Like he's he's, he's oh, not even muck. that. He, I, I don't know what I don't know what he's, he's like. He's a he's a he's an he's a sprinter or something, you know, and but has never kicked a football before or just doesn't know how to kind of shape his body to play football. It's, it's insane how bad he is. Um, but yeah, so enjoyable moments, ironically, around the sort of seventieth minute when we were like. Um, you know, Vicario is making absolutely wild saves, <clears throat> um, and then they 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 obviously go and score, and it's like, oh, okay, well that was probably coming, and probably in a way better that it came now rather than right at the, at the death, you know, um, just because that would have been even more emotionally draining to kind of deal with. Um, you know, we had our chances like that, Eric. Obviously, you know, it's offside. What a finish! It's not though. technically a chance, but what a finish! It's it would have been insane, such a nice away. moment for him as well, wouldn't it? I know it's not Make-A-Wish yeah. Foundation and stuff and whatever, you know, everyone gets a bit annoyed by mawkish sentiment in football. Ah, we can't be nice about Eric Dyer because we don't like him anymore. But what, what is football if it isn't mawkish it? sentiment, exactly, though, isn't it? You know? that, that's the whole point of the game. That's, 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 that's why it's so good. It's because of these things. It's because you can create narrative over things because things happen so quickly. And again, the, 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 the slowing down of the game is really kind of ruined ruining what the heart at the heart of it is um but yeah and again it, it feels kind of glib to just like bemoan var because it's been around for ages but i do think at the moment and certainly this season and certainly in the premier league we've 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 got into a really problematic state now where the referees themselves don't seem very good or don't seem very experienced and it does feel like you know we've had a kind of a change in the, the old guard in the referees and it feels like a, a a number have been promoted um it's a very difficult job in the first instance, obviously. Yeah, this is what I was going to say. Referees. I do feel like they get undermined quite a lot, and VAR especially yeah. doesn't help that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it and it's now created a massive problem now, where and you know, Ange as 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 he seems to do all the time, cut right to the heart of it and said, the the, the, the trust in referees has been eroded because VAR is there to bail them out, you know, and that's that's a failure on refereeing as as a as as a um, as a thing. That they can just they don't have to make the decisions or the decisions or every decision is now checked it's 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 it's, it's really has just ruined the sort of enjoy, enjoyment of it you know and it's what, what, and it, mean, again i'm only saying and i'm not saying like oh you know we were up against it var wise decision wise because we weren't it's not about that it's it's mm. the use of it in all facets of the game it just delays it and it just takes the sting out of thing as i said i mentioned it before there was no tension in the game yesterday because of it the fact that Chelsea scored three had to score three equalizers to equalize, the the fact that the, you know and the last one was a penalty, you know, it was just it was just so bizarre. It was just so such a bizarre experience and and not one I really recognised. 
What did you make of Angie's comments after the game? Because I, I did think it was it was pretty decent of him. He seems like a good lad and everything. And it was obviously a far cry from. I mean, I, I and it's not just a, because it's Arsenal because it's Arteta. I I thought Arteta's comment. I thought he was an an absolute disgrace the other evening. I really did like the the way he was going on the club, releasing that statement, petulant childish nonsense that Liverpool have sort of set the precedent for this season yeah, yeah. were you were you kind of happy with what Andrew's doing because it, I, I do think he's showing his good bloke credentials 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 but I, I also feel like he's being smart I feel like he's getting the, the refs maybe back on side a bit is that is that cynical is that a bit no 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 absolutely and the thing is I, I don't I don't think it's cynical because I think that what Ange is saying is what he actually believes. He's not he's not doing any kidsology, whereas Klopp definitely is. Well, because definitely don't, is. Don't you think as well that he's maybe in the back of his head he's like mm, tonight feels like Liverpool was getting evened out a bit because for example Romero's red, the pe- I mean the penalty, <laughs> let alone the red, you would see not given on another day. The red really was an orange. So I'm not going to sit here and say, no, nah, it was never a red, because you have seen those given, but you've also seen them not given, right? Um, yeah. But I do wonder if, yeah, yeah. You know, if there is that feeling that maybe, maybe things were getting evened out a bit after the Liverpool Yeah, game. yeah. And, and I think that this has always been hinted at in the past, hasn't it? You know, it evens itself out. That it's this, it's some cosmic force which sets things right. It's not. It's referees being like, we fucked up in that one. We will consciously or subconsciously, you know, even it out essentially. So it's not. It's it's human. It's 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 human nature to do it. It's it's not football. This this mystical force doing it. It's it's referees literally like, oh, made a mistake there. I'll send him off next week if he gives me an opportunity. You know, it's that, mm. which in itself isn't great either, is it? It should be if you've made a mistake, that's the mistake, and then you referee things normally. And I think it's got to this point where it's just snowballed where things are being refereed after you know with three months worth of fucking. Um, decision making so it's 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 got into this really again and 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 said you know it's because of this scrutiny it's because of this added scrutiny that VAR has given us that we had before in terms of the technology you know people would look at refereeing decisions but it would it would just be um again with hindsight because it, the, the game was finished it now now it's happening in real time but yeah going back to your point about um Ange I think that he Spoke spoke the truth, and I think that he was absolutely right in what he said. I think that he really didn't like, if you've watched the full, I think it's like a four-minute post-match interview with Sky, he really didn't like the fact that the um, interviewer was seemingly trying to kind of draw him on something and kind of trip him up. No, I haven't. What, what it, happened? He looked like he was about to chin him. Yeah. I can't remember exactly the thing. But, you, you know, Andrew usually looks down and he's talking and he's just kind of saying his usual thing and being like quite... Um, pensive about things. When if he looks up at you, I think you've I think you've hit hit a nerve. What watch it and may, maybe like um, retweet it as well, so people can see what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, it's interesting. But again, I, I and I think that he, I think he was uh, it, the 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 point that he he doesn't really have anything to complain about with the decisions is fine. I mean, you know, I don't think Arteta did either, really. But still, that didn't stop him. So I think you know he he's done what a again, he's he's just done the right thing or the the normal person thing to say. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not not going to 
question of decisions. The decisions are what they are. And I think they were quite easy ones to say that to, to be fair. But um, yeah, I, I, I liked his I liked his post-match. Again, I don't think there's a hell of a lot he could have said. I mean, again, he just kind of said it like it was. We, we, we messed up the first half. Proud of what he did in the second half. And then again, that the, this interview is questioning him on on playing the high line and whether that was like naive or whatever. And again, Ange looks up at him and he's just said, "That's that's just that's how we do it, mate." It's that, not that's who we are. It's not knee jerking. It's not flip flopping. It's not all this kind of throwing the toys out the pram. I'm just asking a straightforward question, mate. It's not leading. None of this. So, and this, I'm saying this more to anybody listening to this right now who's eager to say, oh, he said this ridiculous thing. But Christian Romero is given the vice-captaincy this summer. Mm. He's thus far managed to iron out this petulant streak from his game. He's been consummate professional, seemingly on and off the pitch. We haven't heard any more reports of him watching pornography on the team bus or anything like that. Um, Did that actually happen? <laughs> yeah, apparently last, I think, was it when they were coming back from Australia, maybe? Apparently he hadn't realised that his Bluetooth earphones weren't on or they'd run out of batteries or something. Oh, no. And he sat on the plane, yeah, just watching a, watching a, a blue movie, shall we say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wounded eh wounded eh um, he uh, yeah so I mean look he's he's managed to iron that out of his game right one might argue that to this point however Tottenham Hotspur have not really had any pressure on us we've not really had the spotlight on us we've been something of a novelty we have and in a rather patronising fashion so has Ange Right, Ange has been treated as a novelty. This Aussie guy, let's ask him about podcasts, let's ask him about Robbie Williams, let's joke about the Fonz, all that type of shit. You could see wound him up as well, right? It felt like, I guess, coming into this Chelsea game, really, we've turned a bit of a corner. The narrative has shifted a bit now to suddenly being like, hmm, Spurs have got this really good goalkeeper, Vicario. Spurs have got this really good defence. Spurs have actually got this really good team. They're playing really well. Ange Postacoglu has actually won everywhere he's been. Maybe without European football, blah, 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 Spurs actually might be in a title race. Spurs might actually be good enough. Mm. And so for Christian Romero, when it's the first kind of test that we have, big rival, Pochettino coming back, to lose his ass in the fashion that he did, it, it, it makes me question once again, can we actually... I'm not doubting his quality. He's, he's, a, he's a world-class defender. He's a brilliant footballer. But once again, he's lost his ass in a crucial game when we've needed him. He's not just another player now. He's one of the vice-captains of the team. And to act in the way that he did last night... Has really, it, I mean, even just talking about it now is pissing me off further. And it does make me question can we actually rely on this bloke? Can we? Because <sighs> it doesn't mm. feel like it, you know? No. Was he? Has he? Uh, I think I saw a stat. I mean, I, I'm not sure if this is accurate, but has he been sent off every, on average, every 18 games for Spurs or something? Really? Something like That's that. interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that tells you. 18 games is quite a long time. Um, but yeah, um, 
I was kind of thinking about this earlier, and I was thinking about you. You like Edison, right? A bit of a bit of a swerve on this one, but you think about Edison and how amazing he is as a goalkeeper, right? And the same thing with uh, Allison, actually. And you know, when they when they have the ball at their feet and they play out and they're, they're great and they get loads of, loads of plaudits, and then occasionally they fuck up and they concede a goal and it look and they look ridiculous. Would you iron out? that element of their game just because they make a mistake every now and then or would you just accept it as part of the flaw of of how brilliant that they are mm. i think there's some parallels there with romero um again i think that you know his his first challenge on or, or, or the incident with colwell was when he like burned up the pitch didn't he and just kind of bludgeoned his way through right is that yeah what yeah, yeah is that the same time um so, yeah, I mean, you can't take the fire out of someone, can you? It's the same thing with Wayne Rooney. You remember when he was always getting into altercations and then sort of, I think it seemed, the the media got on his back and maybe Fergie, Fergie had a word with him and then suddenly he just didn't seem like the same sort of explosive player that he ever was. He was still great, but he kind of lost a part of his game. Um so I'd be kind of worried. Again, it is really annoying that he kind of that he kind of fell into the trap. But I think we just have to kind of accept that that's part of his game and help him sort of channel it rather than kind of write him off. Can we trust him? I mean, we trusted him for the the majority of these games, and he was absolutely fine, spotless, if anything. Um, and they got to him, and you know that's that's the narrative, isn't it? Really, that, that Pochettino's, as you were saying yesterday as well, that we, we got done by the way Pochettino plays, that the, the way that we. I, I honestly play, really think that's what it was, mate. We completely, bought, yeah. we completely bought it. We allowed them to drag us down to their level, which it just yeah, seems seems mad to me because we were it's so in control of that game. Yeah, and you know, part of that would be well, Romero's obviously uh, you, you you can rile him up. Well, Potts was the same player, wasn't he? He was the same type yeah, yeah, of player exactly. as Romero. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't want to sort of like repeat all the stuff you said yesterday because it was uh, you were spot on with it. But um, yeah, so c- can we trust him? I mean, I, I think yes. I think I- I'm disappointed that, he- that he's that he's he's fallen into the trap. But I think that's what it is. I think that they wound him up and he he bit. Um, what what what's what's the what's the upshot of it? Do we do we ask him to to calm down? He would be. He would be so. He would be a much less of a player if he didn't have that. With him. he's so tenacious, Again, I think, isn't he? Those driving think, runs yeah. on the pitch, all that sort of thing, his fearlessness. And I think you know, it's it's a bit ironic saying this now, but he has been one of the revelations of the summer. His Big temperament. Time. So, oh, so sorry, this season. So for us to suddenly be like, oh, he's just to kind of throw, throw, chuck him out on his ear because he's got sent off. I don't know, and we don't really have a choice either. Partly, I mean, we do have a choice for the next three games because he won't play, so we'll see. I think we'll be begging for him to come back, to be honest. Mm. But um, yeah, and that, and that's and that's another thing. I mean, what what's, what does our season look like now? At the moment, previously, I was kind of trying to look at it one game at a time and enjoy things and and not get too carried away, especially at this stage because it's still so, sort of early. You know, you and I spoken a number of times about how the the big sort of obstacles coming up were would be around our squad depth that obstacle was kind of you know come in space isn't it it was it, as you say everything that went wrong could have gone wrong um when vicario went down i was like 
look, if 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 he's injured, let's just forfeit the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. fucking, it's too it's too much to deal with for me. It's too much for me to cope with. Too many unknowns to deal with. Um, thought that the makeshift defense worked quite well, but again, Dyer was all right. You know, Dyer was all right. Yeah, Poro Poro was better in the second half, even though he was doing some quite mad things, including, you know, when um, Sterling handballed it. He was, I think, again, this was down the other end, so I can't re- couldn't remember, can't, couldn't quite make it out, but it looked like he was um, um, appealing for it while the ball was still in play, which is always really annoying, you know, play to whistle and all that sort of thing. But, you know, again, talk about the positives. I think he was quite good second half, it, it, especially in that scenario, um, which hopefully he'll never have to face again. Um, Hoiberg as well. What another word for Hoiberg? I mean, quietly last few games, I think he's been really good, and I yeah, think yeah. He, he really. I mean, what he did yesterday was like superhuman in some regards. Um, you know, so good there. Again, I, I think I said this to you earlier as well, but I don't know if this was picked up on a TV, TV um, um, broadcast of it. But when uh, Chelsea scored their second, Vicario went absolutely apeshit. At skip, did he? Um, I've never seen anything. Yeah, ne- never seen anything quite like it. And then he did it again. It was either for the third or it. It might have been for the fourth. So it just shows you even that the fourth goal in in injury time, he he went absolutely mad at him for something. I, I met you. I say something. It was because he didn't track his run or whatever, um, or gave the ball away. But yeah, these are very uncomfortable things. But I think that. They are positives. I think that they have to be sort of seen seen as positives. That we are absolutely fighting tooth and nail. We're not just giving up. We're not just, you know, not putting an effort in. Think of the Newcastle game when we set up a way that the players obviously didn't like, and letting five goals in thirty minutes or whatever it was. That that's not what we're dealing with at the moment. So that is in itself is a massive step up. Um, it, this this all feels a bit kind of um, overly positive because I think the next few games are going to be a real real tough and I think they're going to be re- really we're going to get a lot of fucking stick as well not not that we should really be caring about that but I think we're going to be getting a lot of stick over the next few weeks because the results are going to be really difficult and I, I think we're going to really struggle. Um, what's our next game Saturday right? Yeah, um, Wolves, twelve thirty at Wolves. I mean, yeah, Wolves losing Pedro Neto is great because I think he seems to be the massive, massive yeah. uh, reason why they were getting a lot of plaudits. They're not, they they weren't great the other day. Um, so yeah, again, we just got to go back to game by game and see how we kind of pull through this um, and wait with bated breath over Who, how Mickey Van der Ven's going to be. Who's playing for you, mate? Um, at the back, you chuck it in, Ashley Phillips. Is it? This almost feels like what we have to do, doesn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think Dyer starts in place of Romero. Yeah, I think that I think that's probably expected and probably the right thing to do. Yeah, he's got the experience, um, but I know people don't like him and whatever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, he showed you, he showed he showed he was all right, and I think that you know most players. I think yeah. So I think Dyer uh, in answer to your question, he, he was looking quite lean yesterday. I thought Dyer as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, I, I'm not suddenly going to suggest that he's going to be a, an a, a appropriate stand-in. I think that the quality is definitely going to be going to drop off in our defence, and we're going to concede more goals. Um, who who partners him? 
Phillips, I guess. It sounds like he's the one closest to it. I mean, the fa- I, I kind of I, I don't really kind of want to say this because I think it's probably it's probably just a a scenario driven thing where mm. Hoiberg played so well, but he did play really well in that position. He and did. you know, you're saying he's he playing as a centre back. It's not really. It's not really a centre back, is it? It's kind of like a deep line midfielder, just with no centre backs behind you. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not positive. I'm not positive, and I don't think anyone can be. I think we need to kind of see how it pans out. It's because, again, I'm not. I don't know. That sounds so um, negative and doom mongering about it, but it was a fucking catastrophe yesterday. Not just the result, but the, the you know, the players that we lost. It's horrific. It's horrifying. To terms of our next few games, yeah. So, um, our our expectations for this season, as much as we, I don't think we were getting carried away. I think everyone was kind of saying a bit of the, 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 we're going to win the league stuff in tongue in cheek. I think it was definitely there. I think there was definitely a possible timeline where that happens. I don't think we're in that timeline anymore. (laughs) Um, No, no, no. We needed to have that Leicester luck, didn't we? Of no significant injuries to anybody and. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I mean, Mickey van der Ven has facilitated the entire way we've been playing this season, right, as well? His, yeah. It, it, the, the fact he can sprint back and just sweep up pretty much any runner um, that manages to break through. So, yeah, uh, Romero isn't going to even be doing that, is he, you know, when we get him back? Um, remains to be seen I don't know if Ashley Phillips is supposed to be quick or not he won't be as quick as Mickey van der Ven I think we know that he's pretty unique in that respect Um, but we'll be interested to know if Phillips is is quick as baptisms of fire go that's going to be quite a hot one isn't it for him I think Um, we'll we'll see but again I think think we just have to go with that what Andrew's saying is we just got to be brave we just got to kind of um, grasp these sorts of things and and kind of walk through the fires again i think that's where we are that's what we showed yesterday um result wasn't there we probably would have lost that anyway as i said if we just dropped back i mean i don't i don't think that um even chelsea were that bad they would have just piled pressure on us completely and um you know they did score three goals (laughs) even though they were only even though they were it was only on par um so yeah a, a really tough one a really a very difficult um emotions this morning you know what I mean yeah yeah again so I I don't think we're I don't think these are often cathartic these pods when we talk about these things I don't I don't I don't feel feel any catharsis no well it's just a lot of confusion Um, really it's a lot of uh, it's a wilderness like feeling isn't it of where 
how will we perform in this next game against Wolves? Because it could be the spirit we showed in that second half, right? It could well be that, okay, we've got 11 men now. This, what's happened yesterday, manages to embolden some of this spirit that Ange Postacoglu has built into this team. Now he's going to be saying everybody will be expecting us to fall up, you know, by the wayside, but everyone stand up and be counted now. Everyone stand up and show me why you should be in the team. Here's your opportunity. Um, and that does sound fanciful. It sounds all a bit Friday night lights, doesn't it? But everything we've seen so far from this team, from this manager thus far this season would suggest that there's every possibility that Spurs could continue now and think, well, you know, man for man, we're still a better team than Wolves. We've still got a player like Hummin Son, one of the greatest Premier League strikers in our team. Um, we can score more goals than teams like Wolves and teams like Villa. Um, yeah. I mean, Villa, yeah, we're, Villa we're, we're in the good, foundation. <laughs> like Villa are really good, but yeah, we, I think what, how, how we sort of need to see this now is that we are in the foundation stage of this and these these things can either prove to make us really solid or show up show us that the players aren't right for this system mm. or aren't right for this kind of approach because it, you need it bravery is is the thing um i think that there were some really kind of positives as well with the with the fans yesterday um few people left um kind of at 2-1 but majority of people didn't and i think the round of applause um i think there was after two their second and their third, um, certainly after their third, was really good, and I think that really made a lot, uh, meant a lot to the to the players. You know, again, you can kind of be like, oh, that's just a bit mawkish, but I, I think those things do actually count for something more than probably we're told that they are. You know, again, we we, we get told that f- what what football is and what it isn't from people who look down on football. I think a lot, and I think that we therefore lose sight of what the most important the, the actual important things are that it's quite actually quite simple support your team be brave try and win football matches and I think that's where we are and I think that's that'll hopefully hopefully mean a lot over the next few weeks because I think again it's going to be um, it's going to be tough it's going to be really tough big shout I know but <laughs> what was the uh, what was the the response to Pochettino like because you know it wasn't really picked up on the on the telly or anything you couldn't really yeah, there, was, there wasn't yeah. any mention from the commentators that there was a particularly frosty response to him or anything like that. There, there wasn't one, and again, because like it's 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 one thing a player returning, you know, they literally have their name read out, they literally touch the ball. A manager doesn't; they just kind of sneak on and sit down. There was a bit of like a murmur of a of a boo, but I don't think anyone really had to say. It felt like the majority of people didn't really care, which I think is the correct correct approach to it. I think as well for me, I, I kind of went in it not really knowing if you know if everyone was booing or if there was a huge kind of vitriolic response. I don't really know how I'd kind of react. I mean, I'll probably go along with it, but I think Pochettino's comments pre-match as well were a bit, dare I say, pathetic. About <laughs> you know, like oh yeah, you never know, you you never know what the future holds. I might manage Spurs again. I was like, you fucking won't, mate. <laughs> I don't know what planet you're on. Not after joining Chelsea. Not after not after this. I think that you you know you, you, there was a small window for you rejoining um, before before sort of Andrew's on the scene and the club have gone in a different direction. I can't I can't see us ever kind of going back that that route again. And it was all just a bit. I mean, we did hire George Graham, so you know. 
Yeah, I know, but I'd like, I'd like to think we've evolved past that a little bit. And I think that, you know, the fact that Ange, although it's still early in his tenure, I think the fact that we, we, it shows that it, this kind of thing works better for us than getting, quote, big name managers in. So I think that's probably how we'll stick to things. Um, I think I think Poch has burnt his, burnt his bridges completely now. I think that the opportunity might have been there had he gone somewhere else other than Chelsea. Um he needed to be a success there, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think it was all. I think that it was all a bit. All, all that narrative, I think, was a, just a bit of a kind of a bit of a sideshow, and it didn't seem to actually kind of permeate. And that's that's the thing. That's a weird thing about football grounds is that what you think if you spend a lot of time online, listen to podcasts or you know, talk sport or all this stuff, you kind of get a, you get a sense of uh, of what the narrative is, and then when you actually in the stadium that doesn't really permeate people don't pay attention they have their own kind of lives or the majority of people i think that's what we kind of lose sight of what you know we're so in the weeds and in the detail of all this stuff or how people are going to be pochettinos like obviously they knew but there was no kind of orchestrated or predetermined feeling about it there was it was nothing and i think that's um that's a positive i think because Football is, is a nonsense a lot of the time. I feel like the sad thing is that, you know, in terms of like you're saying about his pathetic comments, I think the saddest thing about that is that really it speaks of a bloke who knows he's fucked it a bit. And the, the, the oh, I never said I'd never join Chelsea, Arsenal, are Tottenham's biggest rivals, felt all a bit howling into the wind, you know? I just, because I do think, I do think the bloke does have a genuine affinity and love for the club. Um, and yeah. I think that you know, I don't think I know that the 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 vitriol from our side from the people that did want to boo him and were very angry about it. I don't I don't you know object to that. I think people are allowed to feel however they want to. Does stem from a sense of some sort of betrayal going to a club like Chelsea that is, you know, is, has been a curse for Spurs and for Pochettino in his time as a Spurs manager to overlook that. I think does hurt people. I, I do think maybe to a certain degree, we probably need to realise the club, the part we played in doing that. We we did kind of mug him off pretty publicly all summer. Yeah. You know, we kept him hanging. We kept him, we were comfortable knowing that he would take the job if we couldn't get yeah. somebody else that we wanted in. Yeah. A, you know, a job like Chelsea, all that type of thing. But, but football's emotional, isn't it? Like you say, you know, we've, we've, we all go into this stuff with our own feelings about it and people are have every right to feel hurt about what Pochettino has done. But equally, plenty of people have every right to be like, I'm not really that bothered. He's the Chelsea manager now and I just want Spurs to beat Chelsea. That's that's why I'm here. That's yeah. why I'm in the ground, to support Tottenham, not to, you know, boo my past or anything like that. It's Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's it's, it's 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 almost like, you know, it's like, you know, on on your wedding day have inviting your ex and having a go at her, you know that type of thing. It's just like, you know, what what are we doing here? You know, look to the future now. Let's kind of move past this, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think that I think that what we, we with everything, let's get this a bit of a life lesson here or a life musing, but that people's energy is finite, right? Mm. As you say, you are going to choose to. Um, not care and focus on Spurs. And I think this, you know, today is a good example of it. There's too many things that have happened last night for us to really not feel exhausted 
by it to kind of even pick our way through it. Um, so and you know and on the other sense, people want to boom. And I, again, I, I agree with you. If if if, if people want to boom, then fine, go ahead. Absolutely, you should. Um, and I think that it's worth having balance in this conversation as well. That you're absolutely right. The point how we kind of I wouldn't say strung him along though. I think that he was an option, and we knew he was an option. We knew he'd take it, but we weren't 100% sold on mm. him at board level. Fine. Um, he joined Chelsea out of spite, more so than he's probably going to admit or would ever admit. He he joined Chelsea because well Tottenham don't want me. I'll just go to Chelsea, and I think. That deserves a boo, and I think that 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 is a that that is him um, trying to stick one on us. So I think that as much as you can love him for what he did for us and what he stood for when he was our manager, and as much as we didn't pull the pull the uh, trigger when we could have rehired him, I think there's still room there to be like, yeah, but Chelsea, mate, you went to Chelsea. Come on. I mean, you I I, you, I, I, you, I burned his book on a barbecue, that. mate. So I'm not gonna be yeah, yeah, yeah. telling other people yeah, what yeah, they yeah. can do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I I, th- I think it's entirely valid, and I think that it's entirely valid for people to kind of feel disappointed with him and continue to. Does it change his 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 legacy? It does. It does change his legacy at Tottenham. It doesn't change what he did, but it changes how people look at him. You know, his, his he's st- he's still he's still a football manager. And he's just he's just done one done us over when we were going to be top of the league. That's part of his legacy now. He would he he would have had his legacy untarnished had he not gone to Chelsea. Uh, even if he'd gone to Everton or someone like that, it would have been it would have been different. But it's not. He's got he's gone there. Um, I think that he knew exactly what he was doing. I don't have any sympathy for him. I don't think you know him coming out in the press and the games beforehand talking about Tottenham, saying how wonderful it was and how wonderful it, it was working with Daniel Levy, um, how he might rejoin it. I, I think that's a bit. Um, I think that's a bit off, and I think that's a bit of a muggy thing for him to do. And if I was a Chelsea fan, God forbid, and he was saying that, I'd be fuming. Mm. Especially if he'd lost yesterday and he'd been saying all that stuff pre-match, he'd he'd be on the fucking rack today. And I think that that's that shows that he's not. He's not the man we thought he was. I mean, <laughs> if you were a Chelsea fan, so. mate, most likely you'd be saying, "Well, I forgave him for the Falklands, but this yeah. this is beyond the pale." <laughs> Oh, mate, like you say about finite energy, it's to tie this to to bring this back to the start. That's that's kind of the place where VAR has left us, right? As much as it, you know, it is fun to have a laugh at Arsenal VAR done as a solid against Liverpool. It's always lurking around the corner. It's always there to come and get you as well, right? And I I can say for definite. At least, I would say, 75% of goals now, I don't celebrate in the same way as I used to, at all. Like, I, I'll see a goal no. go in and I just, I sit there and I'm like, right, let's wait and see if we scored. Cool, yes, we have. Right, we're one nil up. Yeah, yeah. And that's generally was, my feeling with football mm. now. Unless it, unless it is a completely bonkers, like... I think the last goal I went absolutely potty at, like, properly, was... um. Marseille, you know, when we scored at home and, and then that got yeah. rolled out for offside, the offside that we've never, ever seen the composite for as well. Um, mm. And I think from that point, I was just like, I just can't, I can't, I can't lose myself to this anymore. Imagine, imagine things like Amsterdam, like Ajax. Now, it would be hard to go as potty as we did in that point, right? 
It would be hard yeah. to just let yourself go in the way that we did because you would be thinking, mm, has has Deli Ali backed into that player a little bit too much? Did Lorente, you know, scuff Delitz kind of, you know, calf a bit or something when he's nodded the ball through? It really does. And I know what you mean. Like we have these kind of these conversations, these back and forths about VAR, and they have been ongoing now for the past two years. You would feel that VAR isn't going to be going anywhere, but I don't think it is too pearl clutchy. I don't think it is too, you know, doomsaying to lament what VAR is doing to football now. And it really does feel like it is taking away something very fundamental about the game. And I think that spans to whether you are in the ground or watching from home, really, in that it's just removed a part of the chaos that made football such a beautiful game, that separated it from something like... And look, apologies to anybody listening to this that does like rugby. I don't... I mean, I don't like rugby, to be honest, but... Like, I appreciate that people like it, but watching some of the Rugby World Cup, right? And I used to work in rugby previously, right? I've watched plenty of it. You never have that same visceral... There are highs. There are are emotional highs in rugby. People will tell you that. But they're so few and far between, right? Because Mm. the game is so stop-start. It's so like policed it's so specific to these different rules and it's not conducive to a free-flowing game right and that is just kind of the nature of the game of rugby anyway football is getting closer to that it is getting closer to something like that it's getting closer to something like cricket but cricket is different because cricket has its own kind of conventions its own set of everything so that slower pace to it those kind of little peaks and troughs here and there in the game. It's all very natural and that's the game that people have come to accept. So things like video officiating, I'm sure there was there, there were a few teething problems here, but I would say a game like cricket probably lent itself to something like video adjudication mm. somewhat more seamlessly than it does with football. With football, it, it, it really does feel like it's fundamentally opposed to the very nature of the game and I know people think this stuff is all very proper football man when people talk about the fabric of football when people talk about the the feelings of of football the chaos of it all but that truly is what has made this a game that is played you know from in every council estate in every street corner everywhere across the face of the planet it's even taking over in in america for fuck's sake a game that has been so systemically opposed to football that has been so desperate to retain its own kind of pot of nfl baseball hockey all these type of things it's tried its hardest the literal american establishment has tried to keep football away from it like it's some sort of sporting virus right they've they've managed to kind of you know in an almost like racist sense sort of you know downplay it as like oh it's just a game that mexicans and south americans play and stuff like Mm. that i remember all this type of rhetoric that that would be spouted in the kind of at least in the mainstream in america previous i'm sure any american listeners who are the people that have loved football will know this they'll know this i'm not having a a, you know a a dig at americans at, at, at large 
But the fact that we are moving away from this thing that has still managed to capture all of our attentions, right, from from when we we're a kid to now to when we we're adults and we sat here droning on about this stuff on podcasts or on YouTube or on this or on that, it feels overwhelmingly that everybody across the world, every single league, every single tournament, in every single sinew of it, every single part of this discourse is this thing, this thing, VAR, is bad for the game. It is bad for this game that has been overwhelmingly loved and treated as being the best, single best sport with the best drama, the best highs, the best lows, the most exhilaration to it possible out of any sport that's ever been created. And yet we are now dismantling that for, let's be honest, profit for greed that's all that it is because football has be- just become about money and so they place oh, well VAR can't go anywhere why the fuck can't it go anywhere why can't it go anywhere we brought it in from nowhere it's not working it doesn't seem to work for anywhere for anyone at all let's just get rid of it and this isn't just because Spurs have had a few bad decisions this is because it it is really it is stripping the joy from football it is stripping that spark inside of me like I say when Spurs score goals now, I do just sit there and think, well, let's just wait and see if they've scored. If if we are 1-0 mm-hmm. up, yeah, we have, great. I can, you know, have a have a drink now or I can have a cup of tea or something. Do you know what I mean? It's, I, I've realised I've gone on yeah. a bit of a rant there, but uh, it's shit, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And it is, what it is, it's a, it's a tool to um, benefit the bigger clubs, I think, in general. I think there's probably there's probably a good uh, case to say accurate accurate decisions. If if all decisions are accurate, then bigger clubs are better off. I think that's probably not a, not a, not a, not a, not a stretch to say, right? Um, so yeah, and I think your your point about rugby and cricket is is a good one because it's relative, isn't it? You know, to say that I don't like rugby either because I'm I'm a football fan. I. I it, what sport is to me is relative to what football is the you know the sudden joy that sort of thing that's different in rugby so you you can you can understand people have a different view and they can still enjoy it because it's a different pace same with cricket i enjoy cricket it's a different it's a different tension um football is the is the is the sport that is being changed in that regard because it, it as you said it's removing the tension it's removing the best thing about football is a last minute winner, right? Mm. The worst thing about football is a last minute conceding the last minute goal to lose a game. We are we are losing that. We are losing the feeling around that because of what VAR how, how it's being used. Certainly, I think that there's still probably room for VAR. That's the thing, or the idea of a actually that was completely wrong. Check it again. However, it has to be used way, way, way more sparingly. It shouldn't be used three or four times a fucking game. It should be used once a game week. You know, it's that sort of thing. It should be used for those only those very, 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 very high, high bar things, which, um, you know, a, a literal. It again, I don't even know if you can use it for things like handballs. It should that should just be the ref making a decision. Yeah. Look, I mean, it, for, it shouldn't. It, for for me, give it like. If we've got the automated offsides, the Hawkeye offsides they do in the in the Champions League, fine. Well, I'm sure we can all get over that. It's an instant decision. It's done. We've got a computer there with a clear methodology. Fine. It's none of this drawing lines on inaccurate, pixelated 
cells, right? None mm. of that. If, like you say, you know, if if there's some way of implementing VAR, so it's an extra pair of eyes for the referee. The referee gets a buzz on his on his arm from the men in the van that have seen Romero, the other end of the pitch, just headbutting someone or kicking yeah. another player on the floor. It says Romero needs a red card, mate. Look, he's done this off the ball. You haven't been able to see it. Go and have a look at the screen. Fine, red card. But like you say, three, four times a game for every single minor infraction. What's the point of having a referee on the pitch? Literally, what is the point of having a referee on the pitch if this is where we're at now, right? Yeah, yeah. What's the point of having fans if they can't celebrate? Because they celebrate and then immediately get told, oh, hang on, you've got to wait and then re-celebrate. It just, it just dilutes the thing that we love about it. That's the problem. Um, it get, like I think it was against the Fulham game. Even watching it on TV, watching Sonny score the first goal i was like i'm not i'm not i didn't celebrate because i was like i'm sure that's offside because it's it's warped my view of watching football completely um and then it turned out he was onside and quite quite well onside so again even even the ones where it's obvious it's that just shows to me anyway that it's it's changing my enjoyment of the game and it's um it's something that i'd say needs to be addressed but it probably won't be addressed because it's um it's only affecting fans enjoyment of the game and who cares about that and especially match-going fans, you've seen the disdain that's been shown for match-going fans with these. If like the most recent example of this, the festive fixtures. Who is it? Chelsea, is it Chelsea and whatever? Ha ha! Let's all have a laugh at Chelsea fans. But still, Chelsea fans having to go up to Wolverhampton. I think it is on Christmas Eve. Like, come on. Yeah, good. <laughs> but what are we doing here? You know, like, what's going on? It's it all yeah. just seems to be mad. It's it's. Um, a lad called Jake, who I speak to quite a bit, he's, he's listening to the pod. He, he might not be listening now because he's, he's getting a bit annoyed with football. But he's just saying the whole sport is becoming like a snake eating its tail, you know. And I just thought that was absolutely spot on, really. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 gone. <laughs> the game has gone. Isn't it? <laughs> but no, but it has. But it's just been tinkered with. It's been tinkered with. It's like I can't. I think I might have used this analogy before. But remember that episode of Father Ted when they get the car to give away in a raffle. That <laughs> no, one? I don't, I don't. And it's like a small. And he's like, oh, it's, it's like a shit car, obviously, because it's Craggy Island. But there's like a small <laughs> dent in the car, and they're like, oh, that's annoying, isn't it? It's perfect other than that. I tell you what, give me, give me a little like uh, hammer, and I'll just tap that. I'll just tap that out. And then it cuts back, and he's he's doing it for ages. And he cuts back, and basically he's just destroyed the car. <laughs> he's trying to get this one this one like tiny problem out. He's just smashed the car up with his tiny little hammer, just what death by a thousand cuts. It just reminds me of that that we're in this place now where it's like, but again, people was people will still pay pay money to watch it to watch it on TV because watching it on TV again is actually the better experience now, unfortunately standing in the stadium for ages not not knowing not even knowing that there is a VAR check until because it goes on the screen so long if at least if you're watching it on the TV you hear them say they're checking it so you get that more immediacy to kind of temper that again tempering it tempering your emotions but I'm just saying it's, it's suddenly become like watching it in stadiums is the worst way to watch a football game and paying and 75 quid minimum for a category A to, to, to be able to do that right yeah exactly and because VAR, VAR adds another 20 minutes onto the game, you're missing your trains and all sorts. You, you're not bothered about trains, were you? You just wanted to hit up one of the chicken shops on the way home on the, on the high road, didn't you? I know you. 
<laughs> I did think about it because I hadn't eaten, but yeah, I just walked home in, in sadness. In fact, do you know what? I walked home and I was like, I need something to listen to that's not football. So I listened to your um, 28 Days Later, Bring Your Own Blockbuster pod. So I couldn't get fully away from Spurs because it's still your voice, but still, that's 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 why. Nice and true. I cheer myself up. Yeah, my yeah. voice talking about an apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, so there is some read across. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.